with gladness in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that they will, each person here will hear from you, will get direction on how to proceed and which way to go. I thank you, Lord, that you are God. And beside you, there is no other. I ask for the Holy Spirit of God to come in the name of Jesus and change lives today. Change hearts today. Lord, let every every need be met today, whether it is financial, health, relationships. Lord, in this, as you use your vessel, then let it be a time to today. Today we're actually talking about Wait upon the Lord. That's our that's our scripture for today. Waiting upon the Lord. So I apologize if we didn't make that change, but it seemed like I spent Friday and Saturday all doing ministry work. And by the time I got this done about 10 o'clock last night, I guess I just was tired. And so please forgive me for that, that mistake. So brothers and sisters, today our message is wait upon the Lord. And as you heard it read earlier in the scripture, Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14 where it says I would have lost heart unless I I have believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living the word of the Lord says wait for the Lord be strong wait for the Lord you know waiting and at our age we understand this we understand that we went through this process and sometimes it's still not so easy but waiting is not easy Waiting requires patience. Yeah. And I can remember back when I was younger and uh, and uh, I began to pray, I guess it was about 2010 or 11, and said, Lord, all my life I needed patience. So I began to pray for patience, which means to wait, to still wait, be patient. Well, let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, I stopped praying for patience. And let me give you an example of why I stopped praying for patience. Patience doesn't come easy, but we need patience. So I was at work in D.C., working for the federal government, and uh, had a great job going all over the world, doing great things for our country. And Anyway, I remember going to work one morning, and it seemed like everybody in the world wanted to get on that elevator with me to go up to the 13th floor. And I mean, I became so upset, I knew something was wrong with me, that I'm getting furious because there's no rush to get to work. I just wanted to get to work, and I didn't want to stop on five floors to get there. And I stopped praying for patience, but I knew that I needed patience, and I still pray for patience. You know, I'm one of those military retired officers, folks, and when something's got to be done, let's get it done. Why is it not already done? And so sometimes when it comes to the things of God, we have to be patient. For instance, how long did it take Moses to begin to do the work that God called him to do? It was 40 years. From the time he left Egypt after killing the, Is- the Israelite because they knew what he had done. I'm sorry, he had killed the Egyptian, but the Israelite knew that he killed him. He left and went off into the desert 40 years before God had him to do a work for him. 40 days in the desert with Jesus. You know, God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and your seed will, go- will become as numerous as the stars. How long, though, did it take God to bring about what he did for Abraham. Well, let's see. If Abraham was born around 2500 B.C. and David didn't come until 1000 B.C., that was a long time in waiting. 1400 years before God fulfilled all the promises that he had made to Abraham. So we have to just remember, and I'm preaching to Daniel, you know, I do a lot of 
preparation for sermons and, and stuff and a lot of posting we do, but every time I do that, as I study the word of God and I give the word of God, I'm always preaching to myself first. I'm always talking to Daniel first because I'm still a piece of work in action. <laughs> so according to the word of God, and you know this very well, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, right? The word of God said they shall mine up with the wings of eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. So wait. We wait patiently. And we know this. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but but, but bear with me because I, I want to share this with you. We have to just wait. And you know, in our lives, all the time we begin to pray and we talk to God about things. If we have children, unsaved children, if we have people in our lives who are suffering, who are hurting, and I'm bad at this. I mean, I don't know who said that grown men don't weep before the Lord. I've seen a lot of things. Six tours to Afghanistan, lost a lot of people. Had helicopters fall right in the middle of our camp, and only by the grace of God, they will all not get killed. Helicopters dropping out of the sky. And God allowed that thing to come down between trees and buildings, and not a single explosion. Had it exploded, it would have taken me and everybody else in that area out. And that was probably at least 1,500 of us in the building in the immediate vicinity. I've seen some things. And God has moved in all of our lives. But still, there's the things that I pray for. Children and, and, and nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles and cousins and in-laws that don't know the Lord yet. Been praying for a long time for them. Lord, where are you? Praying for healing and deliverance because his word, throughout his word, he talks about all those things that he will do. He makes these, these declarations. And I'm one of those, like I said, a military guy. So when someone says shall or will, in the military, if a regulation says shall and will, you don't have an option. When it says may, you have an option. But when it says shall and will, you shall or you will. And I like, I'm like, Lord, your word says it shall be done. I will do this. There are some things that He gives to us that are conditional. If you do this, then I will do that. If my people who are called by by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then, then, if then, then I will hear from heaven. And heal their land. There are some things that are conditional. There are other things where he says, if you pray and ask, I will. And so I'm talking to Daniel. God knows I'm on my knees morning, sometime in noonday and night. Lord, I'm waiting. And I know he says, Daniel, I done told you a thousand times, if I told you one time, to wait. I have told you I'm going to do what I said I would do, just wait. And sometimes I at 60 years old, and I know I'm young. I'm still about like my grandson. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yes. <laughs> God give us things in our lives to remind us of who we are. That's, right. but that's what I just love about God. The older I get, the more I love this book. Yes, the older I get, the more I find out that there's not a single problem in my life or our lives that this book doesn't address. Yes, and I read it many times, but I'll go back and start reading of the Holy Spirit. Give me something to read. I like, I know I read it, but I don't remember seeing that before. It's, a, it's amazing and refreshing. How, how this word can speak to us. But but as you remember in the scripture that we read earlier in Matthew chapter uh, 18, verses 1 through 5, where the word of God says that we must be like that, be like that little child. You know, we must be like that little child. And an example that comes to mind is as adults, and if those that have children, you remember when your children were growing up and uh, your child would ask for something. And if you said, okay, I'm going to do it, but you didn't tell them when, the child may ask occasionally, well, when are you going to do it? You already have in your mind what you're going to do. 
You already know that for his birthday, you're going to buy him that thing he's asking for three months before his birthday. But that five-year-old child cannot comprehend that to save his life. He can't. He or she can't because their, their, their knowledge and understanding is just too undeveloped or too small or shallow to understand it. But you know what? That's what our Heavenly Father tells us. Look at what he says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts are above your thoughts. And you know, oftentimes when I start being Daniel, I'm carnal, I'm flesh, and I start being Daniel, things like Daniel, things, the scriptures come back to me. You can't possibly begin to understand what I am doing because I am a God who does what? I declare those things that are not as though they were. I'm a God who knows the end at the beginning. That's his word. So regardless of what's going on in my life, I have to just remember what his word says. I can't see it. I can't feel it. I can't understand it. I may get frustrated. Talking about Daniel again. I have to remember these words. And that is why, brothers and sisters, that it is so good to know the word because the word of God says he will bring things back to your remembrance. Now, what does it mean by that? When you start going through troubles and trials and tribulations and issues and the stuff of life, the word of God, the Holy Spirit will bring things to your remembrance so that you can have what? Peace. He says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give, but my peace I give unto you. Jesus said in this life, we're going to have problems, tribulations, and issues but he said what? I have overcome the world. My peace I give unto you. God, I, I get frustrated with my own self sometimes. That peace that, that he gives to us from within. So, before a holy and righteous God who knows everything, we have to be like those little children as we come to our Heavenly Father. We have to trust in the Lord, no matter what it seems like, feel like, or is, because he says Amen. Amen. in his word, lean not on your own understanding, Daniel Morgan. <laughs> Don't lean on your own understanding because you're going to get upset, frustrated with me. And in some cases, folks just walk away. Yes, Lord. They just walk away from him. Yes, but why Lord. in the world would you want to start on this journey and you want to just stop? Why? Now, I understand why people do that, because they get frustrated, they get hurt. They, they, they believe all this stuff the Bible says. They believe it, but they walk away. But you know what I love about it when they walk away? What did the Word of God tell us? You may walk away from me, but I will never forsake you nor leave you because you are still mine because I am married to the backslider. Now, don't, don't misunderstand this. I am not a believer in that once saved and ever saved because that is not what the Word of God teaches. That is not what the Word of God teaches. I've been studying this Bible for 40 some years, probably since I was 10 years old, even before that in Sunday school. I have always believed in studying the Bible. I didn't always do what I needed to do. I did all kinds of sins. I did things I shouldn't have done. Knowing full well, I would take advantage of God's grace. But I had a heart like David, and that's what I love about the Word of God, is that he gives us examples. Every time I did those sins, I felt guilty when I did it, and when I got done, I confessed. Yes, the sad part about it is somebody asked me before, I think it was last week, can you sometimes not have control of your actions? If you get to the point where you insist on keep on sinning, even though the Holy Spirit has been nudging you not to do it, at some point the Holy Spirit says, okay, let's see how this turns out. And then we end up doing things that we regret. I'm thankful that during the times that I was doing my sin, God allowed nothing to happen to me. 
I'm thankful that my wife forgave me and God forgave me. But it was an experience I didn't know because I didn't understand when I was younger. How could all these people who know God and say they love God do all this stuff? I grew up in a very sheltered environment. When I went off the mercy, I was so messed up because I had grown up in this environment where God was going to do everything. And I literally thought that mercy was going to jump everybody dead. Because I didn't understand all this sin stuff. I've been protected growing up. Very religious family. And I didn't understand all this stuff. And I remember sitting in that classroom, sitting in that classroom in, at Mercer, taking a Christianity course, saying, I just don't understand all this stuff. And that's why I took four Christianity stuff to help me put my beliefs in the proper perspective. So I can remember sitting there saying, you know what, Lord, I, I'm just tired of this. I just don't know if I believe anything. I'm telling you, I got cold. I thought I was going to freeze to death sitting in that chair. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I will never, ever, ever question my belief. Faith is a different story. But believe in your word. Once it's here, you can't get away from it. There are people that know the word and spend 30, 40 years in sin. But because God is still married to them, because he still knows their heart, they come back to him. So all this while, I went to church. I was a good enough Christian, but I had my private sins, and I just couldn't let them go. But finally, God delivered me from those sins. But he knew my heart, and he knew that before the beginning of the world, he said, in my foreknowledge, I what? Predestined them. And those that I predestined, I did what? I called. And those that I called, I justified. Now, get this, brother and sisters. Here where people go. Well, they're predestined. They ain't, I got no choice over this. That's just a lie. We all have choices over our lives about whether we're going to come to salvation. Otherwise, it would not be salvation. It is salvation because if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts, the word says, thou shalt be saved. Okay? Well, predestination. I don't have any control over this. But they forget about the very first thing that scripture says. It says that in his foreknowledge, he predestined. What does that mean? God knew at the beginning of the time what every person would do. And because he knew what every person would do, he knew those who would come to him. And because he foreknew those who would come to him, he predestined those to come to him. Not God made a decision and chose some over others because the word of God says that God desires that none should perish, but that all should come to him. Okay? Y'all can see I'm getting a little excited. Amen. <laughs> You're doing fantastic. Amen. Look at, look at what the word of God tells us over in Psalms 46. Psalm 46, verse, verse 10, about this patient thing. And I'm talking to Daniel here. It says, be patient and know that I am God. All right, all right. Be still, be patient. That, that's me again. I can remember times that God didn't seem like he was going to come along, so I had to start doing what? things to, to help him out. You know, the more I seem like I'm trying to help him out, the more it got messed up. Now, sometimes it turned out okay, but you know what? In the long run, I went all the way around the circle. I walked all the way around this parking lot just to get to where Miss Lisa's standing when I could have trusted in God and went right to her. That's just where we are sometimes, when we don't wait, when we don't be still and wait on the Lord. I say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you, and then I turn right back around, I want to take this start messing with it. I used to do that all the time. I still do that sometimes. I have to remind myself, stop, stop, just stop, 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 Daniel, stop, stop. And my wife would say, will you please stop? <laughs> you said you've been praying about this. You've been fasting about it. So why do you keep dibbling in it? <laughs> All right, Lord. <laughs> and look at what the word of God tells us in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He says, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. To give you a future and a hope. Yes. 
That's the word of God. So as we wait on the Lord to move in our lives, let us remember as we're told by the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. And here's the clinch. Here's the clinch. Now you got to get this. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with us, not wanting any to perish. Yes, Lord. But for everyone to come to repentance. That talks to me all the time. Dad, I ain't slow. I got it all worked out. You know, God is not a magician. Sometime in order to bless us, God has to work on someone else's heart to bring that blessing to you. Yes, because he doesn't drop gold and silver right out of the sky itself. Yes, now, Amen. figuratively speaking, yes, it just that blessing just dropped right in my lap. God may be moving things to bless someone so it can be a blessing to you. Yes, Lord. So he threw his holy. And, and also sometimes, often I think in my own self, I know right now. That uh, I used to love to do the lottery thing, and Lord, if you just help me to get this lottery, what? I think about all these things that I can do. All these things that I can do. Lord, why won't you let me get that lottery? Yeah. All these people, these sinners, you know, they speak. I'm calling them both sinners, but I'm a sinner. Would you let them win it? I just want to. If God had allowed me to award that lottery up in two years ago, I would not be doing what I would do with it if I had it now because I haven't needed the money ever. But if I had it now, Rather than giving it to the wrong people and the wrong things, I will use every penny of it for ministry. That's what I tell the Lord. If you bless me with, if you did do, any blessing you send my wife and I, he has blessed us well enough so that we don't, we're not in need, but anything he give us with, it's Lord, 90% is yours, we take the 10%, whatever that amount is. That's right. But that's waiting upon the Lord so that he works on our heart because he knows the best time. Exactly. I will use them same lighter numbers since 2000. And they didn't drop them same lot of numbers all the time since 2000. But if he had blessed me then, I was out of position to receive the blessing, even though my heart may have been in the right place. I couldn't understand that. I should have been able to understand, but I just couldn't understand it. Y'all get me happy. Praise Lord. So my brothers and sisters, as I bring this message to a close, if you know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, yes, Lord. I want you to keep on knowing him. Yes. Draw ever closer to him. Trust him in him more. Pray and leave it to him. It may not seem like he's moving, but believe me, his word says that he hear our prayers. Sometimes the answer may be no, and we don't understand it. Sometimes it may be wait, and other times he'll bring it along. I know I'm preaching to the choir. All of y'all have heard this is nothing new. But I just want to remind you, sometimes we have to be reminded of things. So this morning is a sermon on reminded us. Because most of us here have probably heard these things. But if there's anyone here who do not know the Lord, because he said, I called you to preach the gospel, I call you to encourage and strengthen the believers. So my anti-sermon is about strengthening and encouraging you as believers. But even if there's one in the crowd, he said, to preach the gospel, I got to share with you that if you don't know the Lord Jesus, whoever that may be, and I don't suppose there's anybody here, but if you don't, remember what his word tells us. That if we confess in our mouth, we confess with our mouth, and believe in our heart, we shall be saved. And I don't know why in the world some folk want to make that so complicated. There's nothing in the world complicated about the word of God and salvation. It says, if you do this, then you shall. It does not say, Daniel, you need to go over here and talk to the preacher and the pastor, and you need to go through a four-week process and get to know the Lord and start praying that he'll forgive all your sins and, and then about two weeks or two months or so we're going to let you join the church that, that's not what the word of God says 
It says, come as you are. Confess and believe, and salvation is ours, and then it's up to the work of the Holy Spirit to do all the rest. Yes, Lord. Oh, but he's still cursing. He died yesterday. He's going to hell. That's a lie. That's not the Bible. He came to God yesterday, and if he died today, did God not know that he was going to die, but brought him to himself before he died? Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, would do the cleaning up. Yes, Lord. There you go. Sometimes for some of us who have habits that have been in our lives for years, sitting up in church, crying out to God, but he hasn't delivered us from that habit yet, we died last night, but we still got something in our life. It's not unconfessed sin because we confessed our sin. Yes, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Why do people have to make it so difficult? <laughs> I don't understand that. I no, never have. Anyway, I'm going to move on here. But this is how we know that God loves us and that while we were yet in our sins, God sent his son Jesus to die for us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his own begotten son, that whosoever might believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So my dear brothers and sisters, as I close, I just want to say, know that we love you, but God loves you more. Let me do a closing prayer for you if I were you. Father God, who art God eternal, who say in your word that before the worlds were made, you brought it, you brought it all into being. You knew all about it. Every one of us, you knew that everyone here would be here today. And Father God, your word said, you stitched us together in our mother's womb. Psalm 139 says, there's nowhere in the world that I can go, Father, that you're not there. If I go to the highest height or the lowest depth, you are there. Where can I go from your presence? I can't go anywhere, Father God, but therefore, I know that you're always with me through your Holy Spirit. So I want to thank you right now, Father God, first of all, for the word, the word that you brought forth and for using me to do that. I want to thank you, Father God, for every single person that is here today. Thank Father you. God, they didn't have to come, yes. but I thank you that you moved upon their hearts that they would yes. come here and worship with us here, Father God, in this parking lot. Yes. Because you, we know that you are here. Your word says, where two or more are together in my name, there I am also. So, Father God, I pray upon them. I pray your blessing upon them. I pray your healing upon them. I pray your deliverance upon them. And Father God, whatever it is that they are praying in their hearts, whatever it is they turn their faces to the wall at night and cry out to you about, Father God, you are gracious, you are merciful. And I pray that, Father, because of your grace and your mercy, you will hear their prayers. Father God, we offer all of this up to, all of this up to you as a sacrifice of praise. And we give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the thanks. I pray that you will be with us until we assemble ourselves again. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, brothers and sisters.